0: name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Really. Please God bless you. And have your seat. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but the wordings of this song mean, they mean so much to me. That's why I always like to take it anytime I have the opportunity to minister here. All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, I trust we're doing well. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you very warmly to today's service. Welcome to EPC Grace House. For a couple of weeks now, we have been considering a very, very interesting topic. We'll be considering Christian ministry and how it relates and how it affects us. And we've been trying to just see the angles, you know, see the points and then just... Daniel, what are you doing there? Take your time off. Daniel before you shall come and start playing that in now. All right, so we'll be looking at the preambles, we'll be looking at, you know, how it affects us, and we'll be talking about it particularly as it affects Christian service, as it affects funding, as it affects giving, as it affects, you know, evangelism, and what, what does this all mean? And I know we all have experiences as to what ministry says, As to what ministry is about, as to what ministry does, but I remember when we, when I had the opportunity to take Bible study two weeks ago, um, there were some points, you know, that I itemized, and for the benefit of hindsight, I'll just go through some of those things again as we flow into what we have to consider today. Praise God, praise God. Are we together, church? Church, are we together? All right. So we said ministry. Um, I I remember saying ministry is from, you know, the the, the Greek word that it was derived from. Um, That Greek word means diakino, which means to serve, or which means to serve as a servant, which means to serve as a slave. And Jesus epitomized, you know, the preambles of ministry. When in Matthew chapter 20 verse, it says the Son of Man has come to serve. He didn't come to be served, praise God, but he came to be served. He did not come to collect, he came to give. Jesus didn't come to take anything from you, you know, instead, he came to give to you. And the Bible says, Um, he came to give life and life more abundantly. Yeah, he said, the, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, but the Son of God has come to give life and life in its abundance. So, this is a key thing for you to remember ministry is not about taking, praise God, ministry is about giving. Jesus gave. Jesus gave himself up to the point that he died. Now, ministry is supposed to take a lot from you. When you minister, it's supposed to take a lot from you. Virtue is supposed to be taken from you. Why? Because in ministry, what you are actually doing is you are giving life. So, we can say to minister. So, let's take that word out, minister, right? To minister simply means to offer hope, to offer life, yeah? uh it it can mean to okay let me say to offer or to give and i'm saying to offer because your ministration will not always be received there's some people that you will give you will want to offer your ministration to as a child of god remember the context that we are saying all of this is the context of a child of god right praise god hallelujah and i believe we're all children of god in this place this morning so when you minister what it simply means is you are giving life you are giving hope you are giving encouragement. So, it, it mustn't necessarily be about money. Ministry is not always necessarily about money. It is about virtue. Now, why do I say that? I say that because, um, so picture this. You get to work tomorrow, right? You get to your place of work tomorrow. And you see a colleague of yours, you see a neighbor of yours is maybe crying unhappy or sad, Right? when you go to him or her to so ask person, oh, what's the problem, are you okay what is that that's, that's ministry right, and then the person goes ahead to tell you um, this and this and this and then you're offering advice right, right advice not anyhow advice godly advice when you do that, what are you doing you are exchanging the person's you know, sadness or depression for what you have right Praise God, praise God. Are we together? I'm saying this because we've been taught that when you talk about Christian ministry, you're talking about the fivefold ministry, you're talking about the apostles, you're talking about the evangelists, and sometimes we run away from the facts. We run away and shy away from that responsibility because we think we're not pastors, right? You think I'm not an evangelist. You think I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not ordained, and so. You think that, that little encouragement you are given—you think it is not part of ministry. No, that—that that actually is ministry. Hallelujah! Praise God! That actually is ministry. So, ministry simply means to give life, to offer life, to exchange life. And I remember we talked about um, the fact that ministry and philanthropy are not the same thing. Praise God! Philanthropy is good. Philanthropy is beautiful. But philanthropy is not ministry remember I said ministry means to serve ministry means to to give ministry means to provide for you know or to cater to a need and so sometimes um, it's easy to say okay so those who are doing philanthropy they are also ministry no philanthropy is not necessarily ministry why because the context of both activities are different praise God philanthropy is not a bad thing and whether you are into philanthropy for the press Or whether you're into it because you really have a genuine desire to help somebody. It is all good. You know why? Because at the end of the day, the needs are met. And whatever meets the need of somebody positively, God is always in it. Praise God. Whatever will meet the need of another person who is in it. Whatever will meet that person's need positively has to have been inspired by God. Hallelujah. So, those who are into philanthropy are actually also doing you know an arm of God's work but philanthropy itself is just the desire to promote the welfare of others that, that basically is it. it is different from ministry and i'm going to explain it as we go, or as we go ahead into this into these uh, message so we talked about all of that then i also talked about the dimensions of ministry uh, we saw 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28 Romans chapter 12 verse 4 when i said the dimensions of ministry does mean the different departments of ministry where you swear we read some know we give to some apostles some teachers some pastors you know and all of that but i also said the work of ministry does not end also or only in the five the fivefold ministry right the work of ministry also enters into other little things that romans chapter 12 verse 4 maybe we should just take that just for the purpose benefit of hindsight romans chapter four chapter 12 verse four please can you flash it quickly media romans chapter twelve verse four alright can we, can, we can we look at the screen so for us we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office okay if you can compress 5, 6 and 7, and seven that would be fantastic so we being many are one body in Christ and every one member and every one members one of another verse 6 alright having then having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the portion of faith or ministry let us wait um okay this king james doesn't really bring it out let me see uh if i can okay let me take it quickly from the message translation that same romans chapter 4 verse chapter 12 verse 4 uh okay so just just listen to me i'll just take it briefly i don't want you to lose me in this multitude of words um, the, the body we are talking about is christ's body of chosen people each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body but as a chopped off finger or cut off tool we wouldn't amount to much would we so since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelous functioning parts in christ's body let us go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other. Are you hearing me? Or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you do not get bossy. If you are put in charge, don't don't manipulate if you are called to give aid to people in distress keep your eyes open and be quick to respond if you walk with a disadvantage don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed with them keep a smile on your face so other translations will say if you if your gift is um, helping help right if your gift gift is encouraging words go ahead and encourage what does that say that says you can distill the fivefold ministry teachers apostles prophets you can distill it into smaller parts and all of these other gifts will come so because you have not been ordained as a pastor or as a teacher or as an evangelist or as a prophet does not mean you don't have any of the gifts of the help in you and when you do that when you speak to somebody kindly when you encourage somebody when you help somebody when somebody is sad somebody is down somebody is depressed and you offer a kind word As a child of God, you actually are doing ministry at that point. Praise God. No pulpit, no platform, no mic, but you are doing ministry. Praise God. So it is important that we take it seriously. It is important that we take it seriously because anytime you see someone who is in need of a form of ministration, and it is in your power to give, to help, to offer, and you do not minister, then as a child of God, you have not done well at that point. Now, I'm not not saying God is going to be angry with you or God is going to judge you or God is going to go to hell. No. But the truth is, the help that you could have offered at that time, you have denied that person that help. So as a child of God, the onus is on us to always be on alert, to see wherever it is we go that we can give help. Remember Jesus said, um, that scripture says, he went around doing good. Um, Sometimes Jesus went around just doing good you saw how jesus did there was no need that came to jesus right that jesus did not did not meet we're supposed to be like that now and for me it's very interesting because i'm actually talking to myself because there are times where it just looks like see i'm too tired i'm not in the mood the colleague is sick the colleague is sick for example as a child of god as you're in that space you're supposed to offer prayer to them that is ministration that is Christian. That's what we've been called to do. We've been called to offer life, to offer hope, to offer strength, to offer encouragement anywhere we are. As far as we have the opportunity, of course. Because you might be in some settings where, you know, because of what is around you, you may not be able to offer or want to offer. Or, you know, But as, as much as it lies on you, make sure every day you go out, you do that, you minister to someone. Is part of what we 're supposed to do as children of God amen amen all right so we talked about the dimensions of the ministry, all of these things that I've said and I also talk, talked about the purpose of ministry now this is where the difference between philanthropy and ministry comes in let 's go to Ephesians chapter four verse 11 very quickly ephesians 4 411 if you can give me the new king James I would appreciate it ephesians 411 now why, why ministry what's the purpose oh thank you. He handed out gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists. Did you take me back? You took me back? This is the New King James. Okay, and he, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Continue. So he gave those gifts, those ministries. Why? For the equipping of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. Why, for a define of the body of Christ, three reasons for ministry that we see right there. Please continue. We'll come back to go to verse thirteen. Until we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge. In other words, the purpose of ministry. When the purpose of ministry is fulfilled, this will be the result. The result will be that we all. Now that we all is not only the the, the, the uh, Christians in Rome. Paul was actually talking about the universality of God's children on the earth yeah that all of God's children after they have been ministered to and if ministry is done rightly to them that they will all come to the unity of faith they will know and they will have the knowledge of the son of God to be perfect to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in other words they will be like Christ so what is the purpose of ministry ministry is simply to build the church it's to edify the church ministry is to make everybody come to the perfect unity you know in the knowledge of of the son of God which means if you minister to someone right whatever form of ministration you offer to anybody if you offer that ministration and that person does not have or that person is not built up that person does not know Jesus more Right? Or that person sees Jesus less in your ministration and sees something else. Now, of course, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm playing with words because I don't want to be plain. I want to speak in parables, yeah? Because I'm online. But it is very interesting to note that if the object of your ministration, after he has been ministered to, does not see Jesus, then there's a problem with that ministration. Praise God. So you come, you sing, you sing, you sing, you sing, and the songs that are sung, Jesus is not, yes, it's not um, shown, yes, it's it's, it's not properly explained in your songs, then that ministration is flawed. So, you have songs like send down your power we pray to you lord send down your holy spirit we pray amen beautiful and um, spiritual as the song is that song is not the song that will edify. why because you already have god with you <laughs> there's no power that god is sending down other than the one that you have there is no holy spirit that is coming down again other than the one that you have, you already have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Or you you deal with symbolism so much, right? You deal with symbolisms, you deal with objects, you deal a lot with you know, in types and shadows, and you take the faith of somebody away from actually seeing Jesus, and his confidence is now in his oil, his mantle, his offering, his tithe, that ministration is scripturally not correct. Why? Because that ministration is supposed to edify the other person to seeing Christ, to be more like Christ. Praise God. I won't say more than that. Seller, think about No, I won't say, <laughs> I won't say more than that. But well, think about it. So, the purpose of ministry is to make sure that Jesus is seen, Jesus is explained, and the person conforms more to the knowledge of Jesus. All right, so we have been mandated to minister, but the issue with ministration is twofold, right? The issues with ministry is two. Two very important things are important in ministry generally, and the first is the content of what you are ministering the content of your ministration and two is the motive of your ministration so i want us to look at these two angles of ministry today of course you know this topic is very broad it's very wide and everybody will come and speak as god has given him insight so this is by no means an attempt to be exhaustive, because other people will still come and still you know give us different angles but the angle i want to look at, uh, at ministry, christian ministry today is in the content of what the minister says In other words, what kind of message is the the minister giving? And the motive for the ministration. So let me put it this way. You are serving in church, you are doing everything you are doing, you are praying, you are fasting, you are singing, you know, you are in all, you know, you're a prophet, you're you're an apostle, you're all of this and you are doing what you're supposed to do. What is the motive? Why are you ministering? Right? What is in your mind? What is is your target? The number two is, What is even the content of what you are saying what you are doing what you are preaching what you're singing what what is the content so to um let's go to second corinthians chapter five so that i just bring it out i'll just explain it better second corinthians chapter five um verse verse 18 to 21 please give me the message translation verse 18 to verse 21 if you can compress it you know give me maybe two verses at a time or three that would be fantastic second corinthians chapter 5 verse 18, let's start from verse 18 okay he said all this comes from all this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him, okay sorry give me take me to 17, take me to 16, let's start from 16 because of this decision we do not evaluate people by what they have or how they look we look we looked at the messiah that way once and got it all all wrong as you know okay and got it all wrong as you know we certainly don't look at him that way anymore now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the messiah gets a fresh start is created new the old life is gone the new life begins. look at it all this comes from god who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other God puts the world square with himself through the Messiah giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sin God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing we're Christ's representatives God used us to persuade men and women To drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He is already a friend with you. How, you see? In Christ, God puts the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. Now, this, this, this passage we just read is actually the template of what your ministration is supposed to be at any point in time. Your ministration may not have these exact words but the spirit of your of your ministration is supposed to carry these words. How do I mean? So let's look at evangelism for instance. Do you know that more people have you know not more people have not understood Christianity because of evangelism right? than any other form of trying to reach people. I don't know if you've gone out before and and you've heard somebody being preached to. And the person, at the end of the preaching, right, at the end of the evangelism, the person says, the person they are preaching to says, so, all of this is talking to the person who has preached to him. So, all of these things that you have said now. If I don't do all of these things, I will die and go to hell, but you say, yes, the person is okay, fine. I'm okay with dying and going to hell. Because if all of these things you have said is the kind of god that you have, then I don't want to serve this kind of god. Have you not heard people react like that before? Oh, oh, plenty people have reacted like that before. Go to the beer parlor, for instance, and start preaching about how, because they are drunkards, they will die and go to hell. They will tell you leave it. When will go to the hell, we will drink the drink so that when we even go to the hell, we will know yes and you leave people more hardened than how you left them, than how you met them. Now, remember, we're talking about the content of your ministration. There was a story of, um, of a, of a missionary that went to India. I can't remember the part in India he went to, and of course he left from the Western world, went to India, and the first couple of weeks, months, you know, first couple of time was there. he was going out every day, you know, going out in the morning, even preaching, you know, just trying to rally people to come to Christianity and everything and in a long time the man could not tangibly count you know um, the results of his ministration That's, he could not see the converts he was the effort he felt the efforts he was putting in was not commensurate with what was getting. I can't remember the man's name I searched it up, but I, I, I couldn't remember his name so this man went back to God and said what's going on I'm doing this I'm doing this blah 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 what's going on then god told him god told him to change the content of what he's preaching and so this man transited very dramatically from repent or you will die the kingdom of god is at hand god is angry with you god is judging you um sin it will, will destroy you if you sin you will die he changed from that and he began to preach do you know god loves you do you know god has paid the price for you do you know with god there is already a way that has been made and in the shortest possible time, he began to get more responses from the people that he was talking to. Praise God. He began to get more responses from the people that he was talking to. You have not successfully preached, right? Let's assume you go out as a prostitute. You know you have preached the gospel of Jesus to the prostitute if you do not mention her prostitution to her. That's if you can Talk to her. You preach. You talked about the gospel, and you did not mention prostitution, and she's a prostitute. That is when you have preached. Or you see somebody who is a thief, for example, or maybe somebody who is a drunkard, and you can preach the gospel to them, but you do not mention alcohol. You do not mention the vice that person is, but you're able to preach the gospel. Then you have preached the gospel. Praise God. Okay, so let me break it down. Our te- that that's that scripture we just read. What was the message? He says, "Please take me back to take me back to the sixteen to the seventeen. If you can put seventeen and eighteen together. All right. He says, so this is the famous: if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. The old gone, the new has come, and all of that." And let me start from the B part. That's the one, two, three, four, five, the sixth line. He says, All of this comes from God who has settled the relationship between us and Him. Remember, we're talking about the content of your ministration as it, as it uh, concerns evangelism now, specifically. He said, all this comes from God who has settled the relationship between us and him. And then God has called us to settle our relationships with each other. In other words, you are not telling the person you are preaching to that God wants to settle his relation, His accounts with him. No. In Christ already, the person's account has been settled. What you are actually telling the person is, this has been done already. Believe this thing that has been done. Praise God hallelujah are we together you're not going out telling him uh uh uh, god is angry with you you know you're not going out saying no you're telling him see there was a problem but god has solved it god has finished it come into what god has done come into what god has finished let's go to 19 god put the world square with himself through the messiah giving the world what giving the world what what does the fresh start mean a new beginning right giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins you are telling the person see your sins have already been forgiven praise god john 3 16 says for god so loved the world right that was jesus what did he do he gave his son that what whoever will believe in the son not whoever will follow a set of rules, follow a set of regulations. No, that is not that is not supposed to be the content of our message. Why? Because the Bible says the lamb of the world that has been slain what, from the foundation of the world before you even believed in Jesus. It's not the day that he preached to you that you believed that Jesus now came and died for you. No, he had died and settled it already for you even before you were born. You only came to believe it and then you entered by your belief. Hallelujah. Praise God offering forgiveness of sins God has now given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing or what he has done praise God so if you must be effective so now I ask you now a practical question yeah between these two messages this content and the contents of that man earlier who I, I said went to India Put yourself in the shoe of the unbeliever. Which message do you think? Oh, maybe maybe, maybe." human beings respond to threats a lot, actually. So that may not even be the perfect illustration. But the point is why do people, you hear, even though we don't believe it, I don't believe it personally, when they say, Back sled, you back Except you did not believe in the first place, yeah? Why do you hear ah? This guy has been in the faith for 15 years and then he backslid. This guy has been for 10 years. He has been serving God and then he backslid. More than often, more than often than not, the content of what was preached to that person in the first place was not correct. He did not understand why because he was presented wrong. Perhaps. He was threatened. I mean so you go to a part of this country where there are a lot of ministrations of people who claim they have gone to hell, right? People claim they've gone to hell, how Jesus took them to hell or the angel took them to hell and how they went to the we tell you hell is divided tell you hell is divided into, <laughs> hell is divided, divided into six parts. This the, the head is not very hot, the hand is not very hot, but the chest is very hot. Well, that's where the heart. You know, that's where the heart is. That's where the sinners, the very bad sinners, that's where they are. And then you, they, they they preach stuff like that for 45 minutes, mind you. He claimed he he maybe he died and he went to hell and came back, or he slept, whatever happens. And you bring that tape and you come and play in a large church, you will rally people up emotionally you will rally people. When you call for altar call, oh, people will come out. People will come out. Pastor Unica even says they will cry because he has experienced it before. They will cry. And you see people coming to give their life to Christ. Why? Because they don't want to go to hell. But is that the message of Jesus? Are you believing Jesus because you don't want to go to hell? Or are you believing Jesus because you are appreciating what he has done for you? Praise God. Praise God. And so, they come and they teach, they teach, and then people come, they give their life to Christ. So the person is rallied up emotionally, has built a lot of momentum. Why? Because he just told him about hell. Why? Because they told him they saw uh, somebody in hell who told the lie. And immediately he told the lie before he could confess that sin. Mind you, they also say Christians go to hell. They say believers go to hell. They say the believer took. They saw some of them. They, oh, they saw some, yes. They say they saw some believers in hell. Why did they say the believer in hell? Because he or Let's say, because say the woman was wearing makeup when she was on earth and then she died and then she went to hell. And then the girl says, okay, I'm not going to wear makeup again because I don't want to die and go to hell, right? And then two years, three years, four years, five years, six years. And this girl is already thinking, ah, I want to wear this makeup. But if I wear this makeup, I will die and go to hell. God will be offended with me. And so you see how the essence of what that work was supposed to do has been missed even from the beginning. Why? Because of the content of what was ministered to that person in the first place. Praise God. Praise God. So, the content of your ministration, whether you sing, whether you pray, whether you preach, whether you encourage somebody who is depressed, who is sad or or not happy, is supposed to be that God is no longer counting the, um, um, the, the trespasses of man against them. God is not keeping a record of man's wrong. Why? Because already he has settled it in Jesus. It is will you believe? Right? It is will you believe? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The motive the ministration of the minister is also as important as the content of the minister when i say motive i mean what is what is the what what is what is driving you to minister what is driving you to want to serve so this is vis-a-vis your service in church so let's let's come back to church now okay we're going to talk about the motive for ministration as it affects service for example why are you serving in church why are you doing everything you're doing why are you singing why are you ushering why are you there? Where do you show up to minister? At this point, let me say you cannot serve God as effectively as you, you have the capacity to serve God if there's a re- reward mentality in your mind. I remember when I gave my, Christ, my life to Christ first, a lot of what I did, I did from the perspective of reward right offering everything i did why oh i want to do this and that's what i was taught from a very young age i'm doing this because god will reward me someday right i'm doing this because god will pay me back and there's a cliche that says as you serve god in his vineyard god will also work in your own vineyard so your motivation is let me put myself in this thing why Because it's a day of reckoning isn't it because it's a day of reward there's a day when god will reward me for all of it and it is it is very funny because the rewards we even talk about oftentimes are very very earthly things so you're serving god because i've had people who have looked for admission you know in nigeria admission is a big thing when you get admission in nigeria it's a big thing like if you're outside the country hearing me, I mean when you get admission in nigeria it's a party you throw it is something so i know people who have done three four years no admission and then testimony that was said in church and then you know what they decided they would, they would look for a place to serve in church right and then they began to serve maybe in the sanitation units and they said they were coming to church. They were cleaning the toilet. They were, for six months, that they were doing it. They were coming every day, every night. They were not minding whether the place was smelling or they were just coming was coming. And after that, the admission came. So, you serve a God that will not give you admission unless you wash toilets. That's what you're saying. Praise God. Praise God. There was this story of a man who was looking for a visa, went to the consulate to look for a visa to travel out and every year he was I if I give this illustration <laughs> every year it was the story was said that every year he was given dangerous seed or soon seed for for his visa and as the story went I tell you people not a lie they said this man for well over five years and I'm trying to be very conservative well over five years they kept bouncing him in the embassy every year he was me this man kept you know, putting kept sowing, kept sowing dangerous seed. Ethan was about to go because he was told that unless he sows a dangerous seed, he has to tie the seed to what he's looking for. And when he finally did get it after a long time, he was telling people that that is the way to get an to get a visa. Yes, yes. As in, I heard the testimony. I heard the testimony. So you're not looking at it. And say, okay. So your God will not, even though he's not God, that. I hope people know it's not God that gives you visa yeah praise God, are we together it's not God that gives, this thing is they are just earthly things if you do the right things, you go there and they will give you your visa but let's even assume that okay fine, it's God that is giving you visa, right, so your God will not give you visa, your almighty God who is not petty, this is your God who will now be collecting money from you, collecting money, he's doing adjo, he's doing you dashi. Gather your money until when you hit a particular amount then he will now give you visa is that what you are saying okay when the seed okay so the seed is not dangerous enough that means God has to be intimidated by that seed if you don't give God that seed that is intimidating God will not answer you is that what you are saying is that the kind of ministration that you are is, is that why you are serving hallelujah hallelujah never serve God with a reward mindset And that's why whenever people talk about service to god and you bring um reward reward well i believe you serve god from a deep understanding of what you even carry in you that see you have this life in you that you cannot even stay why would you want to deny another person this this thing this great thing that you have because already in christ you have all things Do you know that there's nothing more that God can give to you? Praise God. There's nothing more. God has given you everything already. Whether you serve or whether you don't serve, you have everything already. He gave it to you when you give your life to Christ. It is in you. The Holy Spirit, as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is the greatest deposit, right, that any child of God can have. And you know we don't appreciate it because, as far as we are concerned, it's not the Holy Spirit. We don't see him as anything that is tangible that we can feel or touch or hold. But the truth is, Paul said, if all of this wahala, uh, can somebody please help me with that scripture? If all of this wahala that we are doing on this earth, if it's to get a reward on this earth, then Paul says, we are the most miserable of every man. Hallelujah. He says then, we are the most miserable. Paul, who was beaten and straight, I mean, who did? who, who can outdo what that great man has done? but even in all of that he understood that see I'm not 1 Corinthians 15 1 Corinthians 15 19 please Paul realized that see the, mean, the reason why I'm ministering is not because I'm waiting for any particular reward particularly not even a reward on this earth so some people will say I'm serving God because I don't want to miss heaven right I'm serving God because I don't want to go to hell I don't want to miss heaven forgetting that heaven for each other God is not a reward Heaven is a gift. You were given that gift in Jesus because your righteousness is not your own. It was given to you. So it's not about making heaven or not making heaven for the child of God. No. It is that you are serving because you are called to serve. That is your responsibility. In this life, if in this life only we, if in this life only, if in this life only we have hope in christ we have all we have all men most miserable that means if all of these things that we are doing for jesus is only for this life that means if all of this is ready for jesus because we want to just want to buy a car want to get married want to uh, build house we want to get admission want to marry a, a very good husband or wife and that's why we're doing all of this that's the motivation it says then we are of all men miserable you know why because there are people who are not christians who have the best of life now when i say the best of life i'm saying what money can buy there are people who are not christians they are atheists they don't even believe that there is a god but you can't when it comes to what the world what material things they have in this life you can't match them pastor inga was telling us um Three years ago, of uh, one dream that he said he had, that he, say, he said he's sure that, that in that dream he had is heaven he saw, because he has never seen that kind of building before. So, if he was, you know, that kind of minister, he also start putting tips together and start saying how he saw heaven and how the houses were beautiful and how there's one other commandment that the angel told him when he does, then they will kneel the final nail on his roof and then maybe God will call him home or something. <laughs> Praise God. But he said, for some guys is see, they are Arab, they are are sheikhs. (coughs) Oh my God. Like Arab, these Arab people who are sheikhs Mm. in Saudi Arabia, their house is from the top to the bottom, it is gold. Like. Sorry. She's still on scripture. scripture. (laughs) We have not seen wealth. Wealth that it's just wealth, those people had opportunity, world opportunities, and they used it, and they're not serving God. So if you have to wait to do all of this Wahala because you want and okay, fine. So you, you went for evangelism, you served God for six years, and God blessed you with a car. What kind of car did God bless you with? It was a second hand that car that you are giving testimony for. It was a second hand that the day you brought it to church, the battery ran down. That first day you brought it to church for testimony. You had to use another person's battery to, ju- to jump it. So you are saying all oh, that Wahala, like The best that God to- could give to you was that run down second hand. So that's how your God values you. So you see, your mind or your motivation for ministry should not be because you want to get something out of God. Why? You already have everything in God. When it comes to the things of this world, I always say, when it comes to the things of this world, if you do the right things, remember you're in the world. The world has a pattern. They have a, a way they do their things. If you rely on the Holy Spirit to teach you the right things, you will know the things to do and you will get the, the, the material things of this earth. That one, God is not stopping anybody. The Bible says he has given the earth to man. God did not give the earth to you, mind you with all your service, do you know that the earth is for the unbeliever as much as it is for you the earth is not just for you because you're a believer, no God will not cheat and rob and and uh, uh, what's the word what's that word, God bless you God will not, you know as children, we used to think God will disadvantage the unbeliever because of you the believer, on this earth, no no that's not true, God will never do that God has given the earth to every human being. So, if you want what you want, go and study. If it's money you want, there are schools you will go to, there are associations you will enter. I don't mean secret court. When I mean association, I mean there are um, schools, there are communities that you will enter that will teach you, okay, this is how money works. If you do this, if you do this, you know, and you will, and if you do it, you will break break even. I mean, let me borrow this analogy. The the crypto markets that is sleeping right now, three, four years ago, the people that entered it earlier, this is where you don't need to be a Christian. People that entered the right bought the right coins, by the time the things were maxing, they just sat down and it was just their app was just deleting and reinstalling because the money that was in the app was already becoming too much. Simple thing and that's how life is. So getting the things of life you have to understand how the world works but when it comes to the things of the kingdom they are utterly different and your service in the kingdom is not because you want to get earthly things that should not be your motivation your motivation should be that we have a responsibility as children of God to minister that's Second Corinthians that we read he said God has given us the ministry of reconciliation praise God we are doing it because we have life and you cannot afford to have life and see somebody die and you have life and you keep it no that's wrong praise God that's wrong so you are doing it because you're a responsible you know child of the kingdom you want to see another person's life better and you are doing it lastly as an appreciation to God for all that he has given you and like I said whether you serve as a child of God whether you serve whether you don't serve you will not miss heaven whether you serve in church, whether you do ministry, or you don't do ministry. Faith, as long as you are child of God, you will die and go to heaven. God will not even. God is not going to be angry with you. God is not going to punish you. No. But you have denied that all the the, the benefits and the bounties, the good that is in you, that you could have released to help people. You have denied those people. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, praise God. So. It is very, very important, folks. It is very, very important that you allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind to understanding why you are doing what you are doing. Because you know the way the mind even works. If you are doing it for reward, one day hmm, the thoughts will come to your head that you will start by yourself, you will start calculating well, how many rewards you have even gotten since you started this thing. And by your own self, you will disqualify yourself. And by your own self, you will just go and sit down. Whereas, You are doing all you are doing because you are already given everything. You have all things and you are only giving out what you have got. Jesus said, freely did you receive and freely should you give. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can we just bow down our heads this minute? I don't know. I don't know what's in the amount, in the multitude of what I've said. I I don't know where a chord has been struck in your heart. But content of your ministration and the motive of your ministration make you effective or make you ineffective in your administration in the body of Christ. Just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. <clears> the <throat> Bible says let's renew our mind. Let's let's get up to speed what God is doing. What God has done already in our hearts. Let's not think the way the people of the world think. The way the people of the world, the transaction is everything for them. I don't do for you, until you. Do for me. If I must do for you, how much will it benefit me? That's the way the world thinks. But the children of the kingdom, do not think like that. Because what we have in the first place is not even for sale. We've received free and we're supposed to give free. Begin to just commit yourself and just begin to speak to yourself. Because you love God, because you love Him, and because you have life, you can't have life and see another person dying by your side. That is the spirit of the Antichrist. If you see somebody dying by your side, but you have the power to help and you refuse to help, that is the spirit of the Antichrist. But begin to make that commitment to your heart that your motive will be because you love God, because you have everything ready, you have life. Bible says if Jesus' name we have prayed. Lord, we will serve because we love, we will serve because we have been given, we will serve because we are leading, we are, we are up to overflow with your benefits, with your good, with your love, with your grace, with your warmth in a dying world. And we will encourage you to speak the word of truth that Jesus loves all. said, the work of him who has sent me is that you believe in the one who he has sent. And that is what our message will be for today. It will be to encourage people unto righteousness, unto good, and unto your salvation. In Jesus' name we have been. For I am irrevocably blessed. I am unconditionally loved. I am abundantly graced, And I am eternally forgiven. Come and say one more time.